Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. We have interviewed a number of people on this program who have had multiple sclerosis, and every one of them showed significant improvement using cannabis. A couple were even in wheelchairs and can now walk and even run if they wanted to. Today we're going to talk to a woman in Manitoba, Canada, who started using cannabis for her MS and says she feels better now than she did prior to her diagnosis. And joining us is Joanne Gauthier-Weeb. Joanne, thanks very much for doing this and getting the message out. Hi, folks. What was your attitude toward cannabis prior to using it for your MS? That was the funny thing, because prior to using it, I, was, uh, I wasn't like I, I'd never been totally anti-cannabis, but I was a teacher and it was important, a guidance counselor, so it was important for me to you know, promote the message, stay away from drugs and drugs are bad and all this. And so I had really, prior to trying cannabis, for a medical reason, I had never used, never. Now, you have had, uh, or you still have, what is called secondary progressive MS. Can you explain what that is? So uh, MS has different stages. You have, at the beginning, when they have, like, they call relapsing remitting, which is you'll have a flare-up and you'll get, you know, really feeling poorly for uh an indefinite period of time could be a day or a week or a month and uh, then it goes away and you back to normal but once um, in most cases relapsing remitting becomes secondary progressive and secondary progressive is where you still get those little f- attacks of flare-up but when it, the attacks go away you still feel poorly you, you, um, you don't you don't get the reprieve anymore so then your, your health continually goes, uh, dec- declines. When were you diagnosed with this? What were some of your symptoms prior to your diagnosis? I was diagnosed in 2001, and it was just like I really thought it was a pinched nerve. I, um, I was 40 years old, and I had numbing in my hand for a few months, and um, I was procrastinating because I thought, wow, I was just a uh, pinched nerve, literally, and I thought I'd be wasting the doctor's time but then i went to the ms clinic and yeah sure enough it was ms and um they wanted to put me on these drugs that at that time were thirty thousand dollars a year and i didn't want that what sort of tests do they undertake to determine whether you have ms for me it was um an mri and they, I, they looked then at the brain scan and could see all the lesions in the brain where there had been brain damage from the myelin had been attacked. And so that's, for me, that's how they determined it. I, some people, they do a lumbar puncture. Do they have any idea or do you have any idea what caused those lesions? Yeah, that's a million-dollar question. <laughs> uh, there's, you know, there the people say it's an 
uh, autoimmune. People say that it's related to uh, our hereditary. And, and it's funny, some, in some situations, there's several family members that have it. But nobody really knows what the cause is. I don't know. It could be and vitamin B deficiency. Who knows, really? Bottom line is we're stuck with this disease. Yeah, one of the ironies is that Canada yeah. has the highest MS rate in the world. Mm-hmm. And I've always believed, and uh, I'm certainly no scientist or doctor, but one of the reasons that Canada has one of the highest MS rates in the world, as do a number of Scandinavian countries along with us, is our lack of vitamin D. What What are your thoughts on that? I definitely agree. If you look at other, other areas where, uh, like in hot regions or where this, uh, like, in India, and they don't have MS. So I, I think there is a huge uh, vitamin D deficiency, and I know that um, I'm looking at my bottle of vitamin D is on the, sitting on the counter as, as we speak. Yeah, I, I think there's something there. You know, like why is it where we, we do miss the, the sunshine here? And so I think there's a link, but I don't know. Yeah, they say the farther away you are from the equator, the incidence of MS increase. So there must be a correlation. Oh, there's got to be something. Yeah. Now, you were diagnosed in 2001, and they wanted to put you on these drugs that cost $30,000 a year. Did you go on those drugs initially? No. And, you know, the funny thing is um, the at the MS clinic, they kind of said, well, um, which they said, well, if, uh, if ever you decide to ch- change your mind and want to go on those drugs, then sort of give us a call. But since you don't want to be on those drugs don't bother us because um, that was sort of their idea. We'll see if you want to be on the drugs, but otherwise you're just kind of wasting your time. But no, I never wanted to. I uh, had read up on the drugs and I knew that they were kind of like a low dose chemo. And I opted for the natural route. I took mega doses of vitamins for the first six or seven years. And I was lucky because I had very mild progression. And, uh, but that and my work environment was a stressful environment, and on hindsight, I know that it kind of only made my illness worse. But in that, in about 2008, is when I was progressed. I was I, I, I got the, the promotion, haha, to secondary progressive. And again, they kind of said, let's try the injections. But by then, I had started doing research on Facebook and found Facebook groups, people with MS, and I started reading up on people that were talking about cannabis and uh even someone gave me where it was talking about cannabis oil and and i watched this uh, you know like i watched these people to having conversations and i asked one guy i said you know where do you learn about cannabis oil and he told me to watch run for the cure and that's where my journey with cannabis began Joanne, these drugs that they wanted you to take they they were just to relieve symptoms correct yeah they were supposed to um they were supposed to help reduce the uh number of flare-ups and and i mean i'm so glad i didn't go on them because four years ago it had been 10 years since some of these drugs had been had come out and um the clinical trials revealed that they did not in fact reduce the number of flare-ups so you're just getting poison in your body just reduce the amount of uh, cash in your wallet (laughs) <laughs> a big, big, big cash, yeah, because now they're like sixty, seventy thousand a year. Who can afford that? So, Joanne, tell me about your journey discovering cannabis. 
I, I knew I wanted to, after I saw that, that run for the cure, I knew I wanted to try the oil and I was convinced that the oil could improve my life. So although my MS was still very mild, I was progressing. And, um, so I started off just with a tincture. I had this, this, um, this, you know, it's amazing the people that you meet when you kind of start looking and, and you meet the most unlikely people that you have, open your eyes, open your doors. And uh, so I met this this little old man who was kind of a, um, a, a kind of like a Rick Simpson. He was trying all these things off on his own in his little farm. And he made the first tincture for me. I tried tincture and I had relief like right away this the tincture provided me with almost an instant relief then i started also a salve that uh, i would rub on my temples and the back of my neck for my migraines and again my migraines went away so i started using it daily and once i started using cannabis daily that's when like the domino effect things started to really happen my headaches and migraines went away and you know my energy came back and my leg came how many migraines were you getting? Probably, I would say, uh, in an average month, I would get about six, between between five and six, and they usually lasted two to three days. So I had a lot. Some one month I counted twenty days. So it was bad. Wow. And this salve got rid of the. Uh, yeah. Is, and you know, but I, um, I initially I was taking the salve. Because it was to try to help me, you know, like uh, like on my, I would rub it on my legs because I have pain in the legs. But I had a bit of a, somebody had said, you know, like you'd read on the internet and people were saying that salve would help with skin marks. And I had sort of old age spots on my, on my temples. So I was rubbing it there, not with the intention to help my migraines, but it's then that it's by coincidence that I noticed, Hey, I'm not getting headaches. So then I, put two and two together and really since my cannabis journey i don't get migraines anymore what did you do for your old age spots <laughs> well they're still there but that's okay <laughs> i'm okay with them yeah. they're still there i'm okay with that yeah that is quite remarkable because uh i don't get migraines and Corey knows people who do get migraines and they can be very very debilitating and uh, you know you just want to lock yourself in a dark room Totally. I would get to the point where I would um, vomit. It would, you know, I'd get nauseous. They would be so bad. And um, I was taking these pills for them. And, and, you know, it's just they affect your your body also. So that that in itself, I if I would have known about this 20 years ago for my migraines, I would have been using this. Are you off your migraine pills now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That must have been quite uh, one of those moments where a light goes on and you say, ah, it's the salve that I'm putting on my uh, my temples that uh, is relieving my migraines. And that must have been a quite a joyous moment for you. It, it, it really, for me, it was an unbelievable because if you think about 20 days a month that you have pain and all of a sudden those 20 days – that pain is gone. It, it was huge for me. And uh, even my doctor commented, she says, well, you're not asking for prescription refills for those anymore. And I said, no, I don't get them. And I mean, something as simple as a salve, really. Um, yeah, everybody should be having that in their medicine cabinet. And you continue to use that salve? 
I continue to, to use it. And whenever I have kind of a sore muscle or any aches, I apply the salve. And how does, and, it, how does it work for the sore muscles and aches? It, uh, what I tend to, you know what a magic, like a magic bag, those little, you know, put them in a microwave and they get, it's like, uh, from like for sore muscles, those little, um, it's like a bean bag. Like a bean bag, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I put it in the microwave. I, 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 what I, what I do is I warm up that sore muscle. So I apply that hot bean bag to my sore muscle and then I apply the salve once that muscle is warmed up. And the um, salve just absorbs into the skin. And it's really, yeah, it's very helpful. When I have bad MS pain, it's not going to help. But for arthritis or bites or uh, the salve is wonderful for that or for my migraines, yeah. So it sounds like the heat opens up the pores and the salve Mm -hmm. goes right in. Yeah, yeah. How is your MS today? It's funny because I quit teaching five years ago because I couldn't function as a teacher anymore. It would take me about five hours to plan a one-hour class. and um, But now I can read again. Like something that I had to quit doing because I had brain fog. So my I sleep better now. My clarity of thinking has improved. Um, without cannabis, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'd be like today. But I'm fairly certain that I'd be, if I'd be walking, I'd be walking with a cane. Today, as a person who has secondary progressive MS, I'm still riding my bike. I still go out for long walks. I can drive my car. It, you can't tell I have MS. I still feel it. But I mean, I, I think that without cannabis, I know I'm doing very well. So, so uh, it'd be scary. To so, think of life without cannabis. Yeah, you're normal in every respect, except you have a, a few symptoms of MS. Is that fair, yeah, statement? Like, yeah, like I, I would, um, I definitely don't have the energy that I would normally have. And there, are, like I have my limitations, but I look at other people that I, were diagnosed at the same time as I am, and they did not take cannabis. One is in a nursing home. She's 55 years old, like I am, but she's in an assisted living facility in a wheelchair. And does like does not walk, uh, and the other the other one has not been driving for about seven years, and basically is homebound. These are two people that were diagnosed at the same time as I was, or one year prior, and the other one was two years prior to me. So I don't know if I'm lucky, but whatever I'm doing, I'm I'm still mobile. So I think I'm I'm keeping on doing what I'm doing. Do they know about the use of cannabis? Yeah, you know they um, one uh, the one lady that's in the assisted living facility. She said, um, "Well, Joanne, if you can show me someone who started using cannabis and was able to get out of the wheelchair, I'll try it." So I found her someone, and I and I said, "See, look at this person, and here's the name. They're, like, it's not just a you know, it's not just a like a." A friend of a friend, or you don't know, and she said, "Well, Joanne, it's pot," and so she couldn't get past that. So for her, the, neg- the negative stigmatism was too strong. I've had people tell me I'm a pothead, but I figure, well, if if uh, and I tell them, well, if a pothead is is what is what it takes for me to keep walking and have my bladder function, 
you know, and my eyes work and my hands work, then I'll be a pothead. Bring it on. You know, Joanne, um, so many people are caught up in the stigma of uh, cannabis. I have a, a friend who has MS, and I've been, of course, you know, yapping nonstop about it all over Facebook, etc. And she wouldn't even entertain the idea of trying it. And um, then about a year ago, because uh, we kind of drifted apart, I, I heard through the grapevine that she had started on and how well she was doing, but she didn't want me to know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so whatever. Um, what's your daily routine, Re-Cannabis? Um, usually in the morning, I, um, I, I make greenies, like uh, thanks to Jack Kungle. Oh, yes. He kind of talked to me about greenies, and that was... What an eye-opener for me. So I have greenies. I usually take either, depending on the day, I'll take a greenie in the morning of a certain strain, or I do have a daytime cannabis oil. Joanne, Joanne, just sorry to interrupt. Could you explain to listeners what a greenie is? uh, A greenie is uh, activated cannabis that is then put in a capsule. That way I can take, uh, instead of you know having to smoke a joint or, or a brownie, you can just take a little capsule. And for people that don't want to always have an edible or don't want, you know, don't have access to oil and don't want to have, uh, to smoke, a greenie is, so it's activated cannabis in a capsule. So, and it's activated how? Uh, I have a decarboxylator, the Nova decarboxylator, but it's through heat. So, um... Either through in people put it in like wrap it up in foil or in, in a parchment or a turkey bag, and in the oven for a certain period of time at a low temperature. At a very low temperature, yeah, to activate your cannabis or uh, the Nova decarboxylator, which is fantastic because you just put your cannabis in there, put it on, and after your hour, it's done. And you put it in capsules. Well, you sound like Martha Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we actually just had a cooking a, a class on making greenies last week at um, one of the little uh, herb shop in Steinbeck. They're very, very helpful for us here, and they let us use their shop for classes. So we have classes in there for people who want to learn. So you take the greenie. Uh, what else do you take? I, or I also have like cannabis oil or um, edibles or I vaporize depending on I, – I never try to – I alternate because I don't want my body to get used to one particular way of consuming. Joanne, what advice would you have to people who are somewhat reluctant to use cannabis? Um, well, as you started at the beginning, you said that I like after – Today, at, at 17 years since my diagnosis, I think that I'm healthier now than I was 17 years ago. And um, these days, I tell everybody about cannabis because it, it's such a huge thing. But you need to take care of yourself. And don't worry about what other people think. Cannabis is not as harmful. Nobody, nobody, nobody has ever died from car- cannabis. Go slow. Go, you know, start low. Go slow. I encourage anyone with MS, this has so given me my life, my quality of life back that um, I encourage people to try it. And, and if people have questions, reach out to me. I'm on Facebook. Ask me questions. I'll answer. 
Joanne, have you heard our interview with Marcel Ganak of Nova Scotia, who had MS? Uh, I missed part of that, but I know Marcel because actually he's the one who uh, told me about Run for the Cure. He is the, he's one of the people that also, along with Corey and Marcel and Jack, there's some pioneers that have really helped me. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating because uh, when we were talking to him, he was on five grams a day and now he's on one fiftieth of a gram. And he uses um, hemp oil, which is hemp a seed. hemp seed oil. Why do I keep saying hemp oil? Hemp seed so oil. So I can correct you. That's so you correct me. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Hemp seed oil because it's an omega-3, and omega-3 opens up the CB1 and CB2 receptors. Bob Melamede would explain this better than I am. But um, And uh, he's MS-free now, isn't he? Really? Yes, it's completely he – he shows no signs. That they can't find anything. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I, I missed. I didn't catch. I wasn't able to catch all of that interview. So now I'm gonna have to definitely jump into that one. Wow, that's that's super impressive. I know, like cannabis is amazing. I've got since I started. My mom uses cannabis for glaucoma. I've got my brother-in-law who's using cannabis salve for arthritis. My uh, brother, my other brother-in-law is using it for diabetes, and they're all like benefiting from it. So. It's it's amazing. Joanne, are you doing a mixture, say 50-50 of CBD, THC, or are you doing higher CBD than THC or higher THC than CBD? Do you know anything about the uh, percentage of, of uh, the different cannabinoids that you're taking? Sort of, but not, because I grow my own, and, and so I, I would love to send it out to get tested, and I've been procrastinating on that I do have a high CBD oil that I use, and I mix that with, uh, like for nighttime, I use the high CBD oil and mix it with a a higher THC oil. So I have sort of a one-to-one ratio for night. And uh, during the day, if I need, I just take the CBD oil without, you know, like, and which is, I think it's like a nine- CBD and about five THC. Thanks. I, I know that's often a question I will get asked. You know, is well, do you know exactly what they were taking? So that's yeah, great for, for listeners who want to know. Yeah. But I know that with MS, I do need THC, and, and I find it that that's what I hear people with MS say that the THC seems to help with the tightness of the muscles. You know, one of the very first MS uh, patients that I helped uh, was a mom who had three little kids under the age of four. They were all kind of back-to-back. And uh, hers, the onset of her MS came on very, very quickly. And I think it was something like two months from the time she was first diagnosed to the time she was essentially bed-bound. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. and Actually, living in Ontario. And she did high THC oil, and her husband Skyped me two weeks later crying his eyes out and saying that I had given his wife back to him and the kids, um, their mother back. She had gone from being bed-bound to up and happening, cooking dinner, taking the kids to the park. And when she went to the doctor, I can't remember the time span, I want to say a few months, all of the lesions on her brain and her spine were gone. I know someone asked me last uh, week uh, 
another MSer asked me if I'd gone for a scan or an MRI lately to to see and compare the lesion spots if they'd changed. And I haven't been uh, since probably 2008. And I mean, in in the Canadian, like for me to go in to just ask to compare now, I, I feel bad taking the spot of somebody who's waiting to get diagnosed. They, our MRI machines are in such a huge waiting list. So, right. you know, I know that I'm basing myself. I feel good. So that's my that's my scale. Now, you said your mom uses cannabis for glaucoma. Was it difficult to convince your mom to use cannabis? No. No, actually, my mom, and you know, the funny thing is my mom's had um, skin cancer a few times. And the last, uh, and the first time she had to get it surgically removed. And about two years ago, she had this little spot on her leg that the doctor said, the cancer is back. We're going to have to, but it's too big for me to kind of just remove in the office. We're going to have to get you to go in the hospital and we'll remove it. So when my, my mom is 84 years old and when my mom told me this, I said, well, mom, we're going to put oil on that. And we're going to try to get rid of it. And so we put cannabis oil directly on it. And within about two weeks, it fell off. So when she had to go to the doctor, he said, well, I see nothing. It's gone. So um, after that, yeah, it wasn't difficult to convince my mom. She takes three drops of um, cannabis oil sort of uh, in uh, multi-chain on sublingually every night. And what's that done for her glaucoma? Her optometrist was blown away by her numbers, and she has normal numbers. And the the, um, optometrist was so blown away, she said, I want to send you to a specialist in the city. And so she sent my mom to a specialist, and the specialist said, yeah, your numbers are totally normal. So because my mom is a... Uh, snowbird she goes to texas for the winter then she only goes to see this doctor every six months then the doctor said okay come back in six months and so now mom is supposed to go back in october but her they're all blown away by her numbers and can she see perfectly oh, totally fine yeah she's still driving <laughs> <laughs> awesome what about your other relatives who take cannabis my brother-in-law could not golf and and this may sound trivial but he um this he lives for golf and uh his arthritis in his hands was kind of totally uh, crippling his hands they were deforming and um so a year ago i said you got to try this and so he came and he tried couldn't even shake hands his hands were so sore Mm -hmm. and um now it's been a year and he's traveled. He's gone to Italy. He's gone travel. He brings his little jar of salve everywhere he goes. He hasn't been stopped. I'm, I'm happy for him, but uh, he won't go without it. That's all he, he uses. It's just the salve. All he's using. And he said, uh, he lives in Ontario and he says, and I live in Manitoba. And he says, Joanne, you're going to have to come out and visit me because I'm running out of salve. <laughs> oh. So I said, well, send you the recipe. You can make your own. That's quite amazing, isn't it? Just that little salve on his hands can make such a difference in a person's life. I, I, I am skeptical when it comes, like, and I'll admit it, I make the salve and I'm skeptical. And then people come and they'll have, you know, bad arthritis or bad, bad back pain or something. And, and I'll give them a little jar of salve and I'll say, try this. And, and I myself don't, like I'm telling you, I don't know that it'll help them. And they come back. And they say, oh, my God, 
that's just magic. I, I slept my first night in years or, or finally my back pain is gone. Like, it's unreal. How do you make this out? Just with coconut oil and, and uh, a shake. And uh, I let it in my slow cooker for like, it's a long process, but and then I throw in like, you know, uh, different other herbs that are, or, um, or um, you know, calendula and plantain, because they're all good for anti-inflammatory. And you let it cook, and then you strain it. And that's, it's so easy. And yet it works. It's amazing. Joanne, look where your life is, has gone as a result of MS. It's fascinating, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, um, MS has brought me on a whole different journey that, you know, but with this, now with cannabis, this is such, like, I, I'm, I'm okay with this because this is an exciting journey and, and I'm getting to meet fantastic people and learn about health. And, and yeah, so MS has brought me on a journey that, that I'm really thankful in, in many respects because it's allowed me to learn so much. MS has taken you to the train station, and cannabis puts you on the train. Oh, and it's allowing me to see the world, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating. Sometimes in many colors. <laughs> That's right. So you feel good today? Uh, today is a good day, yeah. Excellent. So, you know, and um, with MS, it's like rolling the dice. You never know when you get up. Uh, mornings are often crappy. I'm often very nauseous. But, um, yeah, uh, I remain really thankful that that you're right. What cannabis has uh, allowed me to get on, off of that, just I was at the station. Now I can get on board and travel. <laughs> Joanne, it was wonderful to talk to you. You have a great story, very inspiring. Thank you very much for your time. It was great meeting you, and thank you very much. Thanks Joanne. for allowing me to share my story. Thank you so much, Joanne. Much, appre- right. much appreciated. Have a great day, folks. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. And if you have a medical cannabis story that you'd like to tell us about, then send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season 1 of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.